Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Welcome, everyone. I am your main host, number one host, Al Gore. Number one. I'm here with number one co-host, backup dancer, Lance Psycho of F9 Productions. Anyways, I first want to give a shout out to Eric. Uh, I'm going to screw this up. Bratzler. Is that how you think it is? Beautiful. I think it is. For for a man with dyslexia. Dude, couldn't, have you, been, couldn't, have, couldn't have been better. Tricking me out. Not I only, think- yeah, letters and then like sometimes a word from the end will jump to like the middle. I'm like. You know what I can't spell? That word. Lots of things. Bureaucracy. It's not possible. Not possible for me to spell it. And know what's so funny? It's something that you despise so much. <laughs> it's thwarted you with its multiple letters. Crazy. That's where it started from. I just said that the fact that I can't consistently spell it. I love that. At one time I got it right. It, the word matches the sentiment. Like, what? This is a confusing, long Oh, nonsense. can't even wade through it. Can't even nonsense. wade through it. Yeah. And know what? Everyone, it doesn't just apply to governments. It applies to big businesses, too. Oh, gosh, yes. 100%. Terrible. Insurance. We're, we're going through the insurance process right now for the contractor portion of the development. It's, it's an it's a, it's a issue. It's a process. Yes. Um, it, involving all these people is, is driving up the cost of everything, uh, including housing and, and stuff like that. Anyways, I was doing a shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the shout-out. Sorry yep. about that. So uh, we got a message on Facebook, and uh, Eric said, thanks for all the hard work with the podcast and the lift template. Well, thank you for thanking us, Eric. Actually, I really appreciate that. Um, Honestly, with those kind of messages, it, it already feels like, well, it's very rewarding, you know, just doing what we do and giving, right? But once we get messages like that, like it, it, it does help for confirmation. Like, okay, good. People are listening. We are, we are helping something happen in a positive way. Well, I brought up this book before, Give and Take. And it's, it's honestly a way to trick someone else into helping you more. A trick is the bad <laughs> word. But you know what I mean? Like think about the students that, that we've t- hundreds of students, yep. right? And the ones that at the end come and say thank you. Like if they ask anything in the summer question whatever like i'm immediately back on it absolutely they came up and said thank you and i think they're legitimately saying thank you but in the book give and take they said make this part of your strategy make this you know and it goes it's so fundamental and it's so basic did i ever tell you about my uh, lunch in high school probably but let's hear it i everybody else hasn't heard yeah. it <laughs> so anyways getting lunch in high school every time i got something you know like i'd ask for potatoes or whatever i'd say thank you you know, just and generally we see thank you because I notice a pattern the first times I saw it. You know, when you can apply this like to Chipotle when they're getting that guac and you like, oh, you know, if you just like turn it a little bit more, you get a little bit more <laughs> yeah. of that guac on there, right? Yeah. Get a little bit more of that chicken. So I noticed that pattern, right? So I started saying thank you all the time because I noticed like, I'm getting more potatoes out of this. That's this is smart. Yep. But no, it's so great. I just thought literally it was semi-selfish, but I was genuine in it. Like, thank you, because I selfishly wanted more food to eat as a 15 year old boy. Right. At the end of the, the whole school year, I, I was graduating 16. The lunch lady stopped me and she said, thank you for being so polite. You absolutely. When you came by, you made my day. That's fine. That's awesome. 
I was like, oh my God. It's the little things, 100%. The same thing goes for my, my lesson has been in the last week has been to contact um, if somebody if somebody writes a nice article about you with what, whatever you're doing in, in the press, it's so hard to get an unbiased press. If you're getting nice, even press, make sure you follow up with that person. Even if, let's say they just quoted oh. you in like a public forum or, you know, let's say you're talking to the city council about um, your development project or, or you're going up in front of the, you know, the planning and zoning staff or something like that and there's a reporter there. And if they quote you directly with what you say, it was it's very even. They don't try to twist your words. Run right to that reporter and email them, contact and them, them, and to thank them. Get in the good graces because it's everything for your public reputation as a, as, an, as a business owner. And, and our firm is based on the principles that the fundamentals, the basic simples, have a huge ramification over time, right? So think about the ramification that that could have over time if lots of people did that one fundamental thing. Because what are the metrics? Matrix? Metrics? Sure. What are the metrics? <laughs> that, <laughs> that the Spell news it. that uh, uh, people are you know basing their news feed off of is it's how many they got and if they have any feedback. All the feedback is divisive now. Everything that gets clicks is divisive. Yep. So if you Click start that, so so people. Oh, Fox News and CNN are so biased. Whose fault is that? Yours, extreme ownership. Yep, yours because you keep you keep you keep uh, jumping and biting at the bait like a fish because that's what they're doing yes. is baiting you one hundred percent. Yes, and I've even had to stop myself because I know. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> you know the ones the articles that you've seen. You know, oh, this is going to be a slideshow. You know, the, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where it's a slide, you're like you're just and you just want that one image, and it's like, oh, this was terrible. Yeah, just so they can get the advertisement click. So I don't, I don't fall for that bait. I'm not even done with this with the shout out here. This Good. is how much off track we're getting. Uh, so back to Eric. We are uh, just getting started with Revit, and as advertised, uh, off are off and running. Uh, uh, sorry, my eyes are so bad. A like back. Is much appreciated. Yeah. Oh, I gotta like his at. Okay. So not only am I gonna like um, respace design dot design. So it's uh, sorry. It's respace dot design, and then like on his Facebook to giving him a shout out. Giving him a shout out. Um, I actually looked at their website. And I'm gonna talk to him this afternoon. He he. Go check out his website. They do cool work. But the way his website is set up, cool. I'm so excited that your firm is getting into Revit, um, and I'm happy that it's helping. And honestly, we have never had negative, we've had positive feedback from everyone that's done the lift or any of the training. And literally, it takes a while to understand like the power of it because a lot of people don't have a framework to reference it off of. And a lot of people don't compare it to other courses because they just take this one and they're good, right? But we have had people that have done multiple and they're like, holy cow, the What's happening here is really transformational. And, and it is. We've only had people return it because they go, oh, this isn't what I was looking for. I need more of a commercial application, blah, blah, blah. Totally understandable. Refund your money. Doesn't matter. But even if you're doing commercial, learning the fundamentals, I think that the way we are teaching is, is really, really helpful. And we're gaining traction. Uh, there's more people joining every day. Uh, your son is in the other room taking it right now. My 13-year-old son is taking the course uh, as we speak. He, we're, I'm gonna, he, the goal is he finishes the course by Father's Day. That's my Father's Day gift ah. to myself for my son to get, get him some skills. But he, he, uh, he commented yesterday, he's like, it's pretty fun. The, like, I'm making a cabin. 
You know? It, so it, I, it's a fun thing to do. I, I kind of razzed him for being slow. <laughs> Uncle Al. Great uncle. But, it, but it's because he got caught up in just making shapes when you do the family thing. He's like, I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm making shapes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He was just having fun. That's yeah. awesome. Um, um, so go to RevitRocketShip.com. That's where you can get it. Look through. We, uh, we provide an overview, all that stuff. Um, so go get it. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, it's cool. I, I was actually thoroughly impressed after I got Kyler into it with uh, how professional it looked. So bravo to Al Gore for putting that together hey. for us. Yeah, you thanking me just so I do more work. Exactly. <laughs> You're falling right into it. So in other, news, in other news, our development project is up for a final review. We met the deadline slash Alex, you know, who's doing most of the work for that. Uh, I did the crappy materials board that we didn't even need for that day, which yeah. is kind of hilarious. And then I was running around doing sec- literally secretarial stuff, getting getting envelopes and stuffing them. Stamping. Yeah, thanks what, for that. Uh, what was that? Like Tuesday or something? Was there a deadline? Wednesday. Wednesday. So we made the deadline. Super excited about it. And I wanted to ask Al, as since he's been heading up that portion of the project, um, which is the portion before, just so everybody knows, there's two portions here in Colorado, basically site plan development. It's kind of you know wading through everything um, from a forty thousand foot perspective, as if you were looking at you know it from from above. We don't worry about buildings and the code and building codes or anything like that. And then the second part is building construction. Do you have Al any lessons that you'd like to share for anybody else that are that is putting forth? their own capital, their own money in paying all of these consultants and then also all of your time, which is money, just up. You're just bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. That's kind of where I was hoping you could we could give, like, how do you try to lessen the bleeding? Okay, I do. And when I saw this on the outline, I thought that you had lessons learned. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, here, here, here's, yes, I'll give you one lesson okay. right away, okay, to kick it off. My lesson is, if as architects love, and I'm speaking for everybody here, but I feel like this is the general sentiment. We love the idea of we're doing an infill site. You know, it's a green. That's a green type of project, right? Because yeah. you're do, you're you're infilling in this in the city. You're helping with the density. But I would caution you on a first time doing that, knowing and going and doing an infill site because know that you are going to have to suffer the ramifications of all the other neighbors that have built around you. Not that they had any bad intentions, but what you're dealing with is um, just leftover decisions, and then you your your project is not it's not necessarily a hardship, but it's definitely harder to design. So, do you have anything to add to that? In in in, I mean, do you think that's a fair assessment? Like, maybe be just wade into that cautiously or not? Well, yes, that I wouldn't inhibit you from doing it, and I wouldn't say that hey, don't let an infill site be your first site. Say go ahead, especially if it's in walking distance. A lot of times you're not walking, but 15 minutes, right? If you're in the middle of the city, if you're in a big city, that's all you're getting. Just know yeah, fair enough. that you're going to have to deal with the ramifications of water coming in, different setbacks, landscape buffers, separations between different types, commercial versus, you know, just know that and be cautious of that. And one, th- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's hard to get like a outside the city pure Well, and, and one, one thing you could maybe do in... in we, we didn't really have the ability to do this because we just had to... We had to buy this piece of land. Cut and dry. I mean, there's just no way around it. But if you have options, you know, let's say you're competing between three different or you're looking at three different infill sites. What you could do is you could take a look at those, maybe spend a morning and un- try to understand on each of them and try to understand the ramifications that might affect each one differently. 
and you can use that as leverage when you negotiate a, 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 an offer price on the land. I think that's some, there's something valid to that where you say, look, I, I do like this piece of land, you know, whoever's selling it. I do like this. I do, here's, here's what you're asking, but you got to understand as for me to develop this, there's all these ramifications. And so here's my offer price. Maybe it's less. I don't know. But there's something to that. I mean, there's just, you know, just be aware of this. How about yeah. that? Yep. Very good. Mine is, um, so I had almost, almost, a. I had a bad experience trying to get the coordination and coordinating in with a with a, you know a person on the team, right? Yep. Um, and then so now I need to take ownership of that, and now I need to uh, develop our standards better, right? So what we do in the firm is once we get a review from the city, normally I have one of the guys do it, but I used to do this: is that okay? We're gonna go through every question, every point, and we're gonna answer it like it's done. And if it is done, like, let's say, oh, C sheet A4, like, okay, that's black. But if it's not done, it's red. If it's not in our area, if it needs to be coordinated, you assign a color, blue for civil, green for LA, you know, stuff like that. Yes. Right? And then we send it off and say, here you go. Here's a deadline, all that stuff. Let's try to get it a couple days ahead. And this, it just wasn't going like, just couldn't get plans by. And then co- trying to coordinate the day before it's due. Like, oh, you just stepped into it the day before it's due. Oh. You just, and when I asked before, do you have any questions? This is our number one priority. This is our deadline. And I don't think I made it clear like this. It's not like, oh, if we push it back, it's, we get a week delay. It's like months. Yeah. This is, there's, there is, there's nothing. Honestly. And that's why I led into this whole segment about, I'm just so happy that we got in. Yeah. (laughs) Because... Because we, we, I think we would have been delayed another whole month, um, because the uh, in our case, like the planning commission only meets I think once a month or once every two months or something like that. Some, yeah. some crazy time. So, so it's critical. Not so when I'm I'm hopefully getting now a dream team set up for a next project. It's the um, and then I'm gonna lay out and say, hey guys, here's the standard. When we get comments back, I like it right from the beginning or or a meeting. There will be a set of points, right? And we're going to answer them like it's done and then send them out to everyone. We obviously won't answer your question. Then within three days, whatever's in your area, you're going to answer like it's done, but then highlight, do you need something from someone else? Yes. And say like, that's, that's your first thing. And then, you know, the due date is still two or three weeks away or whatever, but that's that's the process. So like if a civil needs information from a landscape architect for whatever reason. So like, you know, you could say uh, civil has accounted for trees in the water retention area. And then like, hey, hey, landscape, we need this from you. This wasn't the scenario. I'm just giving a scenario. The better scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, we need this from you two days. You know, after we get it from you, it's going to take this long. So thus, guys, if we know our due date, then we need stuff before right um and then the other thing too is is okay that that could be the solution right and it and it should be but then i the, then i went further like man this is this is the second time first time shame on you second time what's the shame on me third time <laughs> whatever those whatever that saying is whatever <laughs> yeah. find it find it when, when okay, i'm telling talking, this yeah. but i'm not gonna be fooled uh, three times. So then I reached out to my network and said, Hey, do you have another, this kind of consultant? Um, and they said, yes, they sent me some. And then I called and they said, no, what's great about this one in particular is that they, 
and I didn't even, I didn't even say what was wrong or whatever. I just said, Hey, looking for another good, whatever. Let's, um, another good lighting engineer. It's not a light, you know, but that's what I'm looking for. Right. They said, this guy's great because like he gets his comments, responses back like right away. That's the first thing he does. I'm like, Oh, that is what I'm looking for. That is what I'm looking for. So hopefully set up. So it was two things, take responsibility and set the standard. And then two, man, if it's not working out, then, and if there's other options, go with someone else. Like, why stay in that rut? And and the reason I say that is that I feel like a lot of people might be in this situation where like, oh yeah, this consultant or dealing with this guy is always bad. Find it. That's today's today's find lesson. a dream team. Good find, lord, that's exactly else. what this episode should be called: is find a dream team, and it takes a while. So, which is interesting because I'm trying desperately to find just a team in for at, at all for for our de- for the construction side of our development project. I just yeah. had I just had an email come in. An, an, another subcontractor said, oh, I just I can't I can't do it. I don't have them." He's complaining that he doesn't have enough qualified people to do the work and i don't i don't disagree that you know right now is a, yeah. it's an issue so um yeah but i digress that's that's my that's our fault and know what that's that's gonna be maybe lessons learned on uh when you're getting together these the bids so lance is getting i know it sounded like lance doesn't do anything because i was doing everything <laughs> but he's the getting together bids for everyone and one of the keys was what was it was it the fourth fire engineer that we actually got a good bid on our fire I think we we ended up contacting six different fire protection companies to do our fire protection system, sprinklers and alarms and all that. And uh, we got four quotes back, two of them really great. One, just, well, actually, sorry, I'm still waiting on one. And then uh, then one was just astronomical. So I, I don't know, but I got to read through the fine print. It's been difficult. People are very busy right now in Colorado, and it's, it, uh, this, is a, this is an issue. So, you know, it's going to be a... Struggle. Uh, I, I, I next week is my next week to just. I've got a spreadsheet going, where I say uh, I've got written down like, okay, I contacted you on this day, and then I'm going to follow up, and I just have to keep doing this and, and like trying to get numbers together by the end of the month because it, it, this is a problem. Here's a question. I want where Al. Where's the 3D printer? Good grief. No. If anything, this this I just know my conclusion at the end of this development project is going to be is going to be furthered with the idea that. We we need to we need to take control not control yeah we need to take control of the idea and the push for let's how do we make this three D printing happen how do we how do we take back control of mo- the majority of the construction as architects well b- because we've already we are already of the assumption that more responsibility leads to more reward how do you not get way more responsibility when it's literally they're printing what you are drawing yes you, uh, there's no Oh, I mean, we want to eliminate city review in in a responsible way, but it's literally from file to print. Who that's a lot of responsibility. So where should that reward go? And here's here's my conundrum with that is that um, I'm so I've hinted, but I'm in talks with people who have money and ha- have skills. Um, both of those in plethora. You know, plethora, plethora. People who have done cool stuff with big, big companies and you know agencies. Yep. Um. And and it's a hot topic. It's a and and it's pertinent topic. Because I mean, just you just said it. And the thing is, like, man, it worked so much better until after we got our space. You know, like yeah. then it worked better. But 
it's like it's competitive who you know got to get there first all that got to get the right right people you know um because honestly it does matter the team because if you get the right venture people to begin with then people pile in and then they they can't put their money other places because then it'd be competing so then it's all like backing you and your team too so like i don't know if you have thoughts on that if you're still like oh just wait i mean that'd be the clearest thing but well you know me and al we've got all all the time in the world to do all these extra projects (laughs) 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 we were joking earlier in the office this week (laughs) i think you brought it up something about like oh yeah i don't know i just I was thinking about getting my realtor license. Like, oh, you should. Because yeah, like, oh. <laughs> then that's another hat we could wear for the development. But it's because, not, because it's, that, it's not going to happen. But man, it's just a billion things to do, right? Yeah. Well, that because that would be the priority. Do realtor license, get it built, and then build 3D printer in there. Yeah. Which kind of leads me into my quote of the week. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to see what you thought about this and how this applies to kind of where we're at right now. Um, so busy is never a valid excuse. Either you care enough to make time or you don't. Uh, and that, why, why I put, why I shared that this week is because two people told me that they're too busy to do things. And I just, I just, just, I hate, I hate that excuse. I feel like it's an excuse, you know, unless you have a priority. What would you prefer as a response? What you said the other day. What did I say? Uh, it's not, well, I don't know. What did you say? Something about a priority. I, I, no, no. I said, I said it the nice way. Um, what, what the gist of whatever I said, I'll, I'll just say it like without a filter is like, I don't care enough about what you want me to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a priority. Therefore, it's, it's not, not a, a, therefore it's not a priority. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. And that, that's actually what I would rather hear. Yeah. Because I feel like it's sugarcoating. So I feel like it's sugarcoated if you say it the, the way where, if you just say I'm too busy. Don't say you're too busy. Just say you don't tell somebody like, hey, it, I'm, I'm sorry, but your priority is not my priority. And it, it will at some point, I understand your concern and, and that you want it to be a priority, yep. but I have uh, these other things in front of it. Um, I, I, will, I will try to get to it at some point. Yep. And, and that's the thing with the, the two things, the real estate and the 3D, is that I have a priority to make money for the firm because if I didn't, then I could do those two things, you know. <laughs> so, we gotta eat we gotta eat yep exactly. gotta do that exactly um i can't that's funny i think do you think people are trying to be nice by just saying yes. oh, I'm, too, I'm too busy don't and do you, that i mean i don't that i don't want to hear it but i'm but maybe i'm okay with kind of but that. Here, here's the thing here's the thing too is that when you're asking someone to do something you you have and not just you i'm talking to the you yes so. you the you the general you yep um you have already thought about it for a long time and you've done backup research. You've convinced yourself, something like that. So it's like, hey, hey, Lance, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. And, and, oh, I'm too busy or whatever. But if they say the real thing is like, oh, I don't care about that. You know, I don't care. Whatever you just asked me, I don't care about, right? Um, but then it goes back to like extreme ownership. Like, okay, did you lay out the full ramifications of why this should be a priority? You know what I mean? Because you know why it's a priority, but that's all in your head. That's not in their head. There, you're literally coming at someone randomly saying, let's go do this. And you're like, no, no, <laughs> you get, you get where, what point I'm getting at? Absolutely. 100%. So, and that was kind of, that was my response to somebody who did at, at right. So I did it in the backwards way. You, you, I think what you're suggesting is maybe you give them a preemptive discussion or, or strike and you say, Hey, I'm okay. Go ahead. Hey, I, Hey, can you get to this? 
here's why it's a priority, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I think that's a good yes. idea. I think that's a better idea rather than, so then one, one of the persons who said that they were too busy to do this thing I was asking them to do, they said, I, I, then that's why I laid out, well, to me, this is why it's a priority and why it needs to get done. Did it work? Uh, I don't think I don't think so. <laughs> so I think I think this is a good discussion and conclusion. Is yeah, maybe you ahead of time tell them that and say, hey, can you get this done? This is a I feel like this is a number one priority for us for the following reasons. Much better. So there you go. I think lesson learned on both sides. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to try to start including that why in, into exactly what I talked about with hey, with, with with herding cats with herding cats. The reason why we're doing this is because, and then, and the main reason, like whatever I say, not, not just to get on time is that if we don't set up this system and this expectations and this structure, then it's going to slowly crumble and in crunch time, it's going to kill us. So very smart. I like it. Make it, make it happen. So next do we have our best friend, everyone's best friend. He's at the beach hanging out. Yeah. Been at the beach for like two weeks. So Good, good for him. Here's Nick Reed's. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading from the beach. If we forget for a moment that a steamship is a machine for transport and look at it with a fresh eye, we shall feel that we are facing an important manifestation of temerity, of discipline, of harmony, of a beauty that is calm, vital, and strong. A seriously-minded architect looking at it as an architect, i.e. a creator of organisms, will find in a steamship his freedom from an age-long but contemptible enslavement to the past. He will prefer respect for the forces of nature to a lazy respect for tradition. To the narrowness of commonplace conceptions, he will prefer the majesty of solutions which spring from a problem that has been clearly stated. Solutions seeded by this age of mighty effort, which has taken us so gigantic a step forward. A house of the earth man is an expression of the circumscribed world. The steamship is the first stage in the realization of a world organized according to the new spirit. Le Corbusier, Towards a New Architecture. Alexa, play the escape song. Toodles. What is, what is the escape song? I I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Thousands of people will now know. Yeah. Uh, two things. One, he said like uh, a st- he you related a steamship to freedom, and I don't know if you have uh, if you can read my shirt from over there. But what does my shirt say? Discipline equals freedom. Huh. <laughs> Shout out Jacko. <laughs> I know he's listening. Uh, the one thing. So rereading Cabuzier now verse in college like in college you you learn a lot and and some of the student work that i'm seeing is is absolutely amazing but you just don't know if you have enough experience to 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 really bounce these ideas off of and the the one thing that i have against corbusier is because he always talks about how the steamship the airline and the car are analogous to like where the house should be moving but then he talks about what the house should be and then he talks in like the house should be art, the house should be whatever. So take the airplane. Remember the last time we talked about the airplane? He said you just can't think about it like a bird. You need to boil it down to its fundamental principles and then use thrust and lift as your guiding principles, right? 
your guiding principles for like a house, his are, oh, art and, and just all this other stuff. Like, but then you call it a machine for a living. And, and maybe that's fine. Maybe that's how a lot of people view it. And, and I'm on the other line, right? My wife always tries to call me and she's, she says that architects are artists. And I know a lot of people think that too, but I, I feel like, oh, you're just bleeding it too loose. You're just, you're not defining words properly then. Like an architect is an architect. He can do artist things, right? But, but an artist normally times their things aren't functional beyond the art being the art itself, right? There you go. So the machine for living is, is, is just art. Like you, you just lost me there. Like why, why <laughs> wouldn't you say it's there to, to, to salt, like machine for living? What is living, breathing, oxygen, air, earth, you know, creating like food, life, creating food, collecting up, rainwater. Yep. Shelter, all this other stuff. And then say, and then boil it down to, okay. Even if you weren't going to go that green route, which I really like food, water, power, stuff like that. Let's say you're just saying shelter. Okay. Now what, now can't we look at it and say, Okay, rain's coming down. What what's happening? Like, what are the forces there? What is the weight? You know, and this is where like Bucky gets in Buckminster Fuller. Like, mm-hmm. what is, and, and Norman Foster? What is the weight of your building? What is like? Let's get down to those really, really like small things, and and, and not let planners and not let these other people take over um, these rules and say things like I forgot what what a, a rule was, but um, l- l- I don't know. Let, make let's, one up. I'll make one up. Uh, windows. Windows, uh, how, the let's say you're doing a HERS rating on Windows and you need the U value or whatever. And let's say you want to... All, all I'm saying is that these rules, it, it seems like... God, I wish I could remember the one that one of the guys pointed out. It's like, oh, they just made that rule for this one instance and it doesn't apply to, to other things because they're not thinking about it in, in, a, in a fundamental way. Um, if you can prove... That your house, and I know now you can do this through hers rating, like, okay, my windows aren't reading it, so I just slap solar panels on it. But what if you didn't need to slap solar panels on it and your windows weren't doing that? What if it was the combination of mass wall and this other stuff? And, um, you know, there's just a whole bunch of examples that I'm, I'm blanking on. But uh, do you get where I'm going with this? Do you <laughs> have an example? Don't do, well... Uh, sort of. Uh, I, are, are you getting at something in in? Let's say you're in, in an HOA, okay? And the HOA says you have to have a a roof pitch. Let's say a client comes to you and they go, "You want a modern? They want a modern house." But the HOA is dictating like, "Well, you got to have a five twelve pitch minimum on your roof." So, what can you do as an architect to try to mitigate that and get a not still still achieve your client's goal? But at the same time, meet these kind of restrictions. I think that's where the magic happens as an architect. Is 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 that's why you're not just an artist because it takes some science behind it, right? You're going to have to do some math. You're going to have to figure out the, what what this looks like. An overhang increases by X amount, and then therefore, you know, you it looks like a flat roof, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, well, here's sort of an analogy. But I actually like mach- that a house is a machine for living. Because I feel like that's what my house is, and it it's it, it's it is living art in a lot of different ways. So the, the way the the way the the way when sometimes the moon is um, out in the east, and my wife and I are walking around the neighborhood, and we can see the moon all the way through the house because I align the windows on this perfect east west axes. You yes. know, there's this whole feng shui thing going on in the house in the way it's oriented. 
the solar, uh, we do all the solar stuff on our house. Yes. Um, and then we did have to go through the HERS rating like you were talking about. And what I did, you know, we had to sort of work through it and I had to convince the HERS rater that, come on, run these numbers in this way because I know that this house is going to perform in the way I, I think it's going to perform, you know, solar-wise in, in the winter and then it did. Um, and then we kind of skirted around things. Well, well, I think that that's okay. And I think art is one of the factors in there. I think just through his book, because he's given credence to it, and a lot of people have fallen Kabuzier, is that here's the logic. He makes a compelling argument about how we need to advance architecture. And then he says it's about form and art. What do they teach in school? Form and art and phenomenology and space, which is very important. But if that's all you're doing, you're solving one piece of the problem. Like, have you done a cubic yard of how much concrete's in your house? And compared that, you know, like, have you done, have you looked at, and, and I think people are more people, you know, definitely the students that we see, they're doing solar shade analysis and stuff like that. But 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, it, it just, it was like one top solar shade analysis, you know, where the sun path is, was like second year, one time. And then maybe you threw it on again, you know. And that was it. And it was still this very, very heavy emphasis on the art, the art, the art, the art. Yeah. And, but they would never really critique that or whatever. It'd all just be about the art. So, yeah. That's all I'm going. That's all I'm ranting about. All right. That sounds good. What do we got next? I think we got the boys. A.R.E. Jeopardy. Here we go. All right. We're here with four guys. We have Mark. Josh, Ross, and Jason. Gresh is out. So let's hit you with the first question. Where would you find range points? A, the curb and gutter. B, the firing range. C, under the sidewalk. D, in the road. Range points. Where would you find range points? Good Lord. You put one of the answers firing range, huh? Hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's see what we got. D, 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 A. <laughs> the answer is D, which is in the road. Yep. So elaborate, range, elaborate for that. What, what yeah. range points and the road? What are, we, what are we talking about, Al? So the city buried what is called range points, um, and essentially they're they're grid markers to make sure you know like the the grid is established. Now they're like computer chips. Back in the day, I think they used to be metal. And you literally need to stop the road to go find these, dig up the road, dig them out, like record its number and then replace it. So, um, yay. Yay. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, yeah. So nobody, so one person got it right? No, no, three. 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 Okay, great. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> See, a little biased if, if Gresh is listening to this. There you go. I'm just saying I have equaled out go. the bias with exactly. that one question. Exactly. Uh, architects, uh, question two. Architects are protected against claims from subcontractors by which concept? A, agency. B, indemnification. C, isolation. D, lack of privacy. Privity. Privity. Privity? Do it again. Architects are protected against claims from a subcontractor. By which concept? A, agency. B, indemnification. 
C, isolation. isolation. D, lack of privity. Your reading's getting better as we wade to the podcast, Al. I hope so. Yeah. Every day I get older. Every day. A little bit older. All right. What do we got? C, B, B, A. The answer is D, which is lack of privity. Did you know that? I did not. Elaborate. So, so basically what it's saying is that privity is if me, Josh and I have a contract. We, we have a, a relationship with each other. The subcontractor doesn't have a contract with you. He has it with the contractor, and the contractor has it with the owner. So it's a lack of privity, basically. You don't have a direct relationship in any way. And that's why you have, uh, and that's why you're protected. That's why you're protected. Hey, hey. Okay, whoop, cool. Whoop. All right. Number three. What are the cross braces used between joists to stabilize them known as? A, cross braces, B, bridging, C, blocking, D, stabilizer blocking. What are the cross braces used between joists to stabilize them known as? A, cross braces, B, bridging, C, blocking, D, stabilizer blocking. Does it matter if it's in a floor or a ceiling? I don't think it... What is the difference? What if a ceiling's a floor? I'm just saying. Because (laughs) I'm thinking one answer... And I don't think that that answer is correct for me. Mm, you, you can, well, I would like you to talk about that after okay. we figure out the answer here. Okay, do we have them ready? Okay. Al, I can't see that far. You okay. read them. B, B, C, C. The answer is B, bridging. Okay. Uh, so define so, blocking. So, well, hang on, hang on. First, I'm going to answer your question. So this was in a floor, right? Floor joists, right? So yeah. I see how you could say I, maybe it should have been floor joists, right? And, but and you, how you could think it could be ceiling joists, but it was been as floor joists. Then the next question is, and then you said, what is blocking? Blocking, blocking is solid. That's why that's the way I treat it. Okay, so I would say bridging is there's two cross braces. Exactly. Therefore, it's a it's bridging. I don't know. And then blocking, I think, is a solid piece of wood because or, or bridging. You can think if you're trying to remember this. In stabilization, it, it, there's a gap between bridges go over gaps, stuff like that, where blocking is, is a full thing. Yep. Um, blocking is solid. Because what are the cross braces used between joists to stabilize them known as? So because couldn't you ask... braces is the key word here. Here's a question for everyone to, to learn and discuss. What if I said, what is used between joists to stabilize them known as? Couldn't you say Blocking. You could say blocking because that's what we say. We say put solid blocking, you know, if we're doing TJs, eight, eight feet or less. Yeah. Every, or every span that is eight feet or less. Because I feel like they could get, that could be the question. And I don't want to say because I don't know how they word these stuff. But like the cross bracing is what lead it to, to bridging rather than blocking. Unless blocking is just a term we use here. I think it's just a term we use here. Again, this is, this is the, mm. these are the semantics you'll deal with in ARE. So good luck to you fellas. All right. What's the what's the tally here as we enter the fourth question now? We got Mark and Josh in the lead. Okay. Here we go. Time to catch up, other guys. Uh, number four. What is the method of wood framing wood stud walls in which the studs are one story in height and the floor joists bear on top of the plates of the wall below, known as? Great, a, great wording. <laughs> a platform framing. B tilt up. 
C, stack framing. D, balloon framing. I'll read the question one more time. Number four, what is the method of wood framing wood stud walls in which the studs are one story in height and the floor joists bear on top of the plates of the wall below known as A, platform framing, B, tilt up, C, stacked framing, D, balloon framing. This is actually easy. Al, what do we got? We got all A's. All A's are correct. So we have a tie between Mark and Josh. And then I'll give Jason and then Jason and Ross tied because my question was a little bit biased. He had to be in the office. Okay. So we have a tie between Mark and Josh. Yep. So we need a tiebreaker. All right. Well, let's pause it and get a, we'll be right back. Okay. We got two guys that are one up. If they, you know, don't get the next two questions and the other guys get the next two questions, they came back from the grave and won. Wow. This is brand new on ARE Jeopardy. Welcome to it. All right, here's the first question, tiebreaker, okay? A groove in a concrete structure made to predetermine the location of cracks is known as, and so I'm not going to give you any A, B, or C, D. This is just, you answer this, it is, I'll give you a hint, it's two words, okay? That's yeah. it. A groove in a concrete structure made to predetermine the location of cracks. Mark scrambling to write something. Say it again. Say it again. A, a groove. groove in a concrete structure made to predetermine the location of cracks. And it's a two-word answer. I'll, t- I'll tell you this while people are thinking. Yeah. Atlas was listening to Michael Jackson. And my wife says that he is now Michael Jackson's reincarnation. I believe Please. it. She said he was trying to moonwalk. And we don't watch music videos. You're kidding. There's no way he's seen Michael Jackson in his life. That's hilarious. He's one and a half. Michael Jackson. Okay, are we ready? Because it's groove. You know, Michael Jackson grooves. My baby grooves. That's the time. <laughs> okay, we have control joint. We have expansion joint. Control joint. Control joint. Mark is correct. Control joint. Matt, Mark wins. Woo-hoo! Two weeks streak. I can't wait All to right. eat wherever Mark says we're going to eat. That's going to be fantastic. Okay. Okay.